You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What up? Welcome to the show. Today on Talking Out Loud, uh, me and Drew are going to be going through the Dayton Flyers news of the day, and you know what that news of the day is, Obi Toppin getting drafted. We're going to do a segment called Why It'll Work and Why It'll Fail, and then we'll let you in on a couple more of the bullet points going on around the program, including the Flyers' newest recruit and some preseason accolades for the Flyers that will be taking the court in just two short weeks. Before we get into it fully, I wanted to take the time to remind you that this specific episode, yes, this episode you're listening to right now, is brought to you by our friends over at Sherholtz Printing. They're family-owned and operated since 1974, servicing the entire Miami Valley. If it's printed, they can help. Design and pre-press, offset, bindery and fulfillment, promotional products, even apparel for businesses, schools, and events. If it's printed, they can do it, making printing simple and making you look good. Serving the Miami Valley since 1974, you can find them at SureholzPrinting.com, S-E-H-U-E-R-H-O-L-Z-Printing.com, or by calling 937-294-5218. These fine folks at Sherholtz Printing are bringing you the episode of Talking Out Loud that starts right now. Get a shot up at the buzzer, it's good! Brooks Hall! The place is good at the buzzer! The Dayton Flyers! The and the Dayton Flyers is all done! Sanford, Grant, on the way! One of the great college basketball venues in the nation, UD Arena. This is Talking Out Loud, the number one podcast in the Atlantic 10 and among Dayton Flyers basketball fans everywhere. The only podcast on the internet continuously reminding you to wear red and be loud. Oh, 
welcome into the Talking Out Loud Hour brought to you by Lee's Chicken. I'm your host, Sully, coming to you with my pal, Drew, my confidant, my colleague on the radio. Drew, we have a lot to talk about today. What do you say we just get right into it? Let's do it. Let's get right into it. Yeah, I mean, you're fired up. Like, you came to the show today. You had all these ideas. You're like, we got OB draft talk. The season is, I think, two weeks away. We always say, I think it's two weeks away. It could be. It could be two weeks away. Um, A lot to talk about tonight. And I thank you for joining the program. As always, we're delighted to have you on the best hour on the radio dedicated only to the Dayton Flyers and the most intelligent, of course. Of course. So I start tonight, Drew. um, Last night was was obviously a historic night for the Dayton program. Uh, Had a player taken in the first round for the first time in a very long time. And the first time ever that a Dayton Flyer was taken in the top 10. And so today, honestly, it's a great day to do this show. This is why we do the show, right, Drew? I mean, this is really why we do the show. So we can come on after great days like yesterday and talk about it. And you can, you know, you can hopefully share some sentiment that we have, right? I mean, that's what our job is. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's great. You know, you always want to see your program succeed. And succeeding isn't just going out on the court and winning games. It's building your brand it's getting players drafted and not only drafted drafted in the top 10 which is a big deal that's we're talking 10 million dollars guaranteed big deal like life-changing money big deal so it, it's a huge though, yeah. yeah it is a huge deal and it was a great night it was a night to celebrate Obi. we didn't get to celebrate him in the ncaa tournament obviously but it was a great night to kind of take you know put him out into the world and say all right everybody here's the dayton product like this is what we think. We're we're all rooting for him. I think you're going to have more Knicks fans than Cavs fans in the city of Dayton uh, going forward. Yeah, I believe I believe that they're now at odds with each other, or there's going to be a lot of crossover uh, when the Knicks do come to town in Cleveland, right? Um, I, I'd like to see a lot of red. You know, it would really make me happy if the Knicks came to the queue and there was a lot of red. You know, you can't be loud, you know, during an NBA game. It doesn't really work. You know, that that's our no. thing. You can't. Yeah, yeah no. you can't go and be loud for the Knicks. You're, you're loud for right. the Flyers. But I would love to see some crossover. So Cleveland people, uh, if you could make that happen for me, that'd be great. We start the show tonight with our banter, of course. But I wanted to touch on a topic, Drew, that um, that, that popped into my head last night. And, and it has to do with when being a fan crosses over to being a little bit closer to what we're watching on television. And uh, of course, we're all sports fans. We all take in our favorite teams on a biweekly, weekly basis, you know, season in, season out. And we've always said on this program and around the Dayton area that the fan base is so great because we are so invested in the team, what happens to the team, uh, after they graduate, and of course, in in this case, uh, you know, watching one of our guys on the big screen, um, and you know, or the big stage rather, at the NBA draft, the and biggest stage, the biggest stage. I mean, honestly, the the, the biggest square garden, like yeah, the biggest stage. Um, well, obviously, we didn't know where he was going to get drafted, but the, the point being is that we are all diehard fans of the Dayton Flyers program. And uh, yesterday, going into the draft, Drew and I both shared this sentiment that I wanted him to go to anybody but the Knicks. We know now at the time of this recording, Obi Toppin got drafted by the Knicks, uh, you know, where he spent the most time growing up in New York City. 
Uh, and it's fair to say that that's, you know, that was his team as a kid. And so I, uh, you know, I'm sending out tweets like we always do, just being fans, commenting on the action, saying, man, I, anyone but the Knicks. I sent out a tweet three times in a row. Anyone but the Knicks. I'm sitting there in, in my living room last night. Please, anyone but the Knicks. And then the moment came when I'm, I'm sitting on my couch and it's with the eighth pick of the draft, the New York Knicks select, Obi Toppin. He said fucking Dayton University, Drew. We have to quick- six months. He had six months. I was rolling. I know I was rolling. We have to address this. Oh yeah. I, we what? This is why we can't have nice things. No, this is you're why we can't have right. nice things. I know. It's shit. And you know what? Like shame on Adam Silver. One, it's his fault. You had six months to to look up it. the proper one and get it right. But also, whoever was like representing Obi, whoever was the intermediary between Obi and the NBA, need to be like, hey, it's University of Dayton, Adam. It's University of Dayton, University of Dayton, not Dayton University. But you know, very on brand for us, if I do say so myself. Just like Adam Silver, like you're you're the commissioner of the league. Like, how did you say Dayton University? How? Oh, I had to take that quick aside. Yep. Sorry. So the, the moment comes. I'm gonna pretend like it went like this. Obi Toppin, University of Dayton, and they they went to Obi, and and he had tears in his eyes, and you know, you, you can see him on the phone, and all that fan hatred I had of the Knicks. Everything I had felt to that point about anyone but the Knicks, all of that talk where I said, you know, I want him to go here. I don't want him to go there. All that completely evaporated. And in that moment, all I felt was just so much happiness for this kid that came through our university, took our university, our basketball program to the next level, quite frankly, put the basketball program back on the map again, single-handedly, you know, Tearing up right now, Drew. Tearing up right now. It was it was a tremendous moment for the program, and I do not want it to be lost on any listener of this program what that night just meant for the University of Dayton. Forever. You know, from now on, Obi Toppin was the guy that got drafted in the top ten. Anthony Grant was the person that got him there. But, you know, I just a lot of times I get criticized for having an opinion, being opinionated, you know, always having to say something that that, kind of puts out, not an agenda, but, you know, I talk about this program a lot. And so just that moment had me back up and say, what's really important here? And, And what was really important to comment on was that Obi just had the best moment of his life and we all got to watch it right there with him. And I, you know what it, it, I don't, I didn't want him to go to the Knicks, but I really took some time last night. I'm glad we didn't record right after the draft. And um, Drew, you know, I found myself this morning caring a whole lot less about where Obi went. I I'm not crazy about him going to the Knicks, but I just realized in that moment how little it mattered because our guy was on the biggest stage, and he's going to play in the NBA, and that's that's cool, man. I mean, it's, that is just the coolest cool. thing ever. It's very cool. And I, you know, that was very, you know, very well said, very beautifully said there. And I echo pretty much everything oh, that you. you said, because that's why, that's was, why we're good at this radio stuff. Way, you know, as you said, as you said, I was the same way. I was anyone, but New York, anyone, but New York. And there were others that I didn't want him to go. Detroit was another one. I didn't want him anywhere near Detroit, but, um, but I had the same exact feeling you did when he got drafted and you just saw the, you know, the, the emotion pour out of him. It was a beautiful thing to see, and I was so happy for him. Not only him, but 
his mom, his brother, his entire family, Jalen, getting a special shout out from him, uh, you know, Coach Grant. It was a very, very awesome thing to watch. And, you know, if you're if people who are on Twitter a lot, uh, big NBA guy on Twitter, Worldwide Wob, huge Knicks fan, huge Knicks fan. And he was through the roof that they drafted Obi Toppin where they did. And for any Browns fans who follow me, uh, whenever the Browns win, I do the hit the damn music for Here We Go Again. Well, Wob was the inspiration behind it, and he did his own hit the damn music. So pretty much when that happened, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm a Knicks fan now. So God bless me. I am a, I'm a, New, I'm a God-honest New York Knicks fan now. And that's a scary thing to say, but also I'm very excited to watch Obi play at Madison Square Garden. And you know, Drew, I know that I'm growing up as an individual because I had – and this is how I, I came up with, with the monologue to start the show tonight. I had something typed out because I had two friends over for uh, dinner last night um, that are in my close circle. All right. And we, you know, we kept it safe. But I, I had a bunch of stuff typed up on my phone. And, you know, about five minutes before he got drafted by the Knicks, it was pretty obvious he was going to get drafted by the Knicks. Um you know, there just wasn't any rumblings from the Hawks that, that they were going to go grab him. And then once Chicago and Cleveland passed, you know, you knew Detroit wasn't going to go get him. It was pretty, it was pretty apparent. And I started to put together some thoughts on Twitter. I usually will just like draft something up and then I'll click send whenever something happens. Right. And I, I, I looked at the TV, I saw Obi, and I just deleted it all. And I said, I guess we're all Knicks fans now. Yep. You know, that, that was all that was going through my head. It was like everything just got erased. That's a, it's a great way to put it. it you know, it, it it was like I'm so, so few times in my life am I am I speechless. And um and that was one of them, man. It's, it's, it's hard to come on the show today and even do a segment where I have to act like it wasn't emotional for me because it was. And I'm, and I'm one of those guys where I have no problem, problem saying it. So that's how we wanted to start the show tonight. And, you know. Drew, we, we can move on to exactly why we were hesitant. So we, in preparation for the show tonight, we came up with a segment called Why It Works and Why It Fails. So now that Obi Toppin is drafted by the New York Knicks, we know that for certain. You need to know why we were hesitant for such things. And then Drew is going to tell you why he thinks it's going to work out. All right. So if you had heard any rumblings about, oh, you know, nobody wanted... Obi to go to the Knicks. You know, this is a team that's in disarray, bad front office. And, and again, all those things are completely true. The Knicks have missed on a great deal of draft picks in the last few years. And I can, you know, kind of go down the list of the guys that they've missed on. Um, in 2012, they drafted a guy in the second round I've never heard of that played less than 70 games. 2013 first round Tim Hardaway had a pretty good career. They drafted Clee Anthony early out of Wichita State and Thanasis Antetokounmpo in 2014. Neither of those guys ever played 60 games in the NBA. Then the Knicks drafted Kristaps Porzingis in 2015. He is obviously a superstar in the NBA. He obviously does not play for the Knicks any longer. 2017 they drafted in the first round with the eighth pick, Frank Tillanikina. Nilakina. Nilakina. Yeah. He has now played 180 games in the NBA with the Knicks and has yet to average six points a game over a full season. Then they had two guys I've never heard of in 2017. 
They drafted Kevin Knox in 2018, who is who's damn fine player. Let's let's be honest. He's yep. averaging 10 a game. He's a, he's a yep. very league average player. The yep. problem is they drafted him first round with the ninth pick. Yeah. Last year they got RJ Barrett from Duke, who has been a very good rookie. He averaged 14 a game last year. And then they got Kyle Guy. Um, and then they gave him to Sacramento. Or sorry, they got the pick from Sacramento. Is that right? Yeah. No, he okay, sorry. They drafted Kyle Guy, and then they traded him to Sacramento. So they got RJ Barrett last year, who's ended up being a good pick. So in that what eight year span I just rattled off, they have legitimately two really good players. One no longer plays for them. And that's the Knicks draft history. So, I mean, you know, saying something like they have not drafted well, they haven't developed players well, and the guys they have drafted that have been good, they've traded. That's where our sentiment is coming from that, okay, there is some hesitancy around the Knicks. That's point number one. This this whole segment is why it will fail. Okay, now, Drew, just stay with me, people. All right. I'm not saying it's going to fail. I know, but. You know, sometimes when we start to do this, people are like, why are you being so negative, Sully? And I'm, that's the name of the segment, why it will work, why it will fail. All right, so just stay along the path with me, listeners. I know Drew is. In 1997, James Dolan got the majority share of the Knicks. He's the owner of the New York Knicks right now. And uh, you might know the Dolans. Our Cleveland fans know them quite well, don't they, Drew? Uh, because the Dolans also own the Indians, and there's one other team they own. Is there not? I'm, I'm not sure. If they do, I don't know what team it is. Okay, regardless, neither here nor there. The Dolans do own the Indians and the Knicks. So it took over in 1997. In the first four years that uh, the Dolans owned the Knicks, they went to the playoffs every year. They went to uh, the finals one of those years and lost in 1999. Since then, I'm talking about 2001 on, the Knicks have made the playoffs an equal amount four times. So four times in the first four years. And then from 2001 to the day that we are sitting here right now, 20 years later, they have gone to the playoffs four times. So you see where I'm coming from and saying that if you do have hesitancy about the Knicks, it is not unfounded. And if you think that it is not a great fit for Obi Toppin, those claims are also not unfounded. The Knicks are a crap organization. They've had a bad front office for a very long time. And they have constantly missed on draft picks. They've misused their draft capital. And they've traded away stars that could have been the foundation of their team. So, and and, okay, I'll I'll pile it on too. I'll just pile on one more thing, Drew, and then you can jump in. (laughs) Their colors stink. The blue and the orange, they stink. I'll I'll start right there. I'll start right there. I completely disagree with you there. I think the Knicks' colors are great. No. is great. And I, no, um, no. Um, yeah, we'll just transition to why it's going to work. Number one, How, Halloween mask colors so good in that Knicks uniform. He's going to look so good. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you finish, but their Halloween ass colors just aren't for me. Uh, whatever, I disagree vehemently. Disagree with you there. All right, the floor so, is yours, sir. Tell Sully, the listeners why it's going to work. Sully here has has laid out some very good points, namely that Dolan still owns the team. But here's why, and you know, I am the optimist of the program. I've, that's been set and established in the two years that I've been here. I am the optimist of the program. So here's some <laughs> optimism for all of you. Number one. That's like being the richest man at, at the soup kitchen, you're, Drew. All hey, right. you know what? Different tax bracket. <laughs> why is it going to work? It's going to work because 
this is the front offices have been bad in the past. That is that is true that we can all agree on. But this is a new front office led by Leon Rose and Worldwide West and a whole host of other people who know the league very very well. So all those draft picks that you just rattled off were made by different front offices. So you got to start somewhere. That's fair. So that's point one. Point two, their current salary cap, they currently have $41 million in salary cap with free agency set to start tomorrow. So now the free agents are great, but they have a lot of different pieces that they could throw around and trade around and try and build a team. So like I'm looking at someone like Bobby Portis. That's a very movable piece. They have Mo Harkless on their team, also another movable piece. You can organize these things, and I think this front office is going to try and find a unique way to shape the roster that they want. Tom Thibodeau is the coach. I don't love that, if I'm being 100% honest. Don't love that Thibodeau is the coach. But but, but he's a good defensive coach, yes. and Obi's knock was that he's not great on defense. Correct. So that and will immediately improve his defense. Correct. And that is and that is one thing that I think Dayton people can take away from knowing that Tibbs is going to be his coach is that he's going to get some of the best defensive teaching that you can get in the NBA. And that's a big deal because the big knock on Obi coming into this draft by a lot of people, right. very respected people in the draft community, was that his defense was lacking. And I think that's more of a effort. Not that he like gave yeah. poor effort, but he was exerting most of his effort on the offensive end, leaking out, things like that in college. He's got the athleticism and the length to be an effective defender in the NBA. So I think if he gets the right teaching, I think he'll, that'll take care of itself. I'm not, it's not a big worry for me. So from there, you know, it's, it's still the Knicks. I understand why everyone's scared and I am scared too, but I really like the Emmanuel quickly pick last night. They did. They made some good maneuvers. They traded. What was it? They traded like thirty-eight and twenty-seven to get thirty-three and twenty-five. It was cr- yeah. like it was crazy. And I was yeah. like, that's a good like that's good drafting right there. And then you get Emmanuel quickly, yeah. who I thought was very good for Kentucky last year. I feel like every time I watch Kentucky play, he played really well. So you know, you kind of you get a young point guard in there to start building that natural chemistry with Obi, who you know just adores playing with a good point guard. He shouted out his point guard when he got drafted last night. So I think those are some good building blocks you can start. And, you know, it's not going to be a, you know, the Knicks aren't, like, I'm going to tell you this now, the Knicks not making the playoffs is very much going to happen next year, people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Unless Obi, like, basically turns into Durant. Don't expect 29 and 2 out of the Knicks. Yeah, I was going to say, don't expect Obi to be going out and dropping, you know, 23 and 12. It's just not going to happen, guys. Like, temper it down, but. You just hope that they like what we want with Dayton. You just hope that they can build some consistently and consistently get better and hit on draft picks. And you know, who knows, maybe next year's draft is a little bit better and they land a franchise guy. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, Obi and, you know, draft pick X and things like that. So I understand people's hesitations about it being the Knicks. Believe me, I had them, but you know what? It's it's Obi in New York, man. Obi's going to be playing in Madison Square Garden, and you know he's going to be on national TV because the Knicks are always on national TV. They are. That is very true. Um, you know, those Christmas Day games where we've become so accustomed to, they're not happening this year. But in the future, Knicks always get that one early. You know, it's always like, what, the Knicks in Brooklyn right yep. now. Yep, Knicks are always like the, the noon or 3.30 game, depending on how good the Knicks are. So there's plenty of positive to highlight here, and obviously Drew uh, ended with the most positive aspect of all of this is that there's going to be plenty of opportunities in front of a national TV audience where Flyer fans all across the country get to watch Obi. But your point is definitely well taken that there's a lot of young talent. 
Um, a lot of fans of college basketball obviously remember R.J. Barrett from Duke. You know, he was Zion Williamson's counterpart. They drafted him last year. Uh, they got Mitchell Robinson, um, who was kind of like a controversial college player. If you remember, he like went to Western Kentucky and then they kind of had some uh, some sanctions like he was improperly brought there. So he's a great center at seven foot, or not a great center. He's been a league average center at seven foot, but he's only been in the league for two years. Right. Then you have Kevin Knox, who, like I mentioned earlier, second year guy out of Kentucky. He's done fairly well in his role as well. Dennis Smith Jr. is another young guy that's very exciting to watch. And then you got you got some good veterans like Julius Randle and uh, Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson played here in Chicago, and, and he's a an effort guy. You know, he's always going to give you a hundred percent. He's never going to be the best player on the court, but he's a fine piece. Right. And so, Taj will be Taj will be really good for Obi. You know, he's exactly. he's going to be the guy in practice. You know that you know that's going to make Obi realize just how physical and aggressive the NBA really is because Taj like you said, was that dude when he played. Precisely. So I think I I brought up Taj uh, last because I think that having those veteran presence and Wayne Ellington's another guy that's a a veteran on that Knicks team, you know, having those two guys around Obi will will certainly be great. Um, He's had a ton of great basketball minds already around him. You see the kind of people that he's training against uh, or training with rather. And funny enough, I retweeted something from CJ McCollum last night. I don't know if you had seen that, Drew. We're going to go ahead and use it. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and use it as tweet of the week. um, Because I I thought it was great sentiment. And um, not everybody that listens to this show is on Twitter. But CJ McCollum, guard for the Portland Trailblazers, um, one of the better guards in the league, frankly. He said, I really like Obi. I hope he does well. I seen him catch a lob from half court and windmill it three years ago, and I had no idea who he was. I told him, if you can make a corner tray with that bounce, you'll be a lottery pick and cash out. And my friends, Obi has cashed out. We alluded to it earlier. He's got a four-year contract worth $22.2 million, and he has $10 million guaranteed. So, Drew, a boy got paid. He got, he got paid. He got paid. Yep. He's going to keep getting paid. Uh, for the next couple of years. Yep. Hopefully, we can add another zero to the end of that. Uh, by the yeah. time his second contract rolls around. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope. Um, and it comes with a team option, I believe, on the back end of it. Yes. Um, so it'll be something to to keep in mind. But uh, you know, I think we laid it out really well. I mean, Drew, if I had to nail you down on this day of our Lord in 2020. Yeah, do you think it's going to work out with, with Ob and the Knicks, and, and and why? You you outlined the reasons why you think it could, but what do you God honest believe will happen? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. you, well, you, you know, just spent so much time I'm, arguing uh, for and, and, why it was going to work. And you know what? I'm going to put my blind faith and trust into this new front office that they know what the heck they're doing. So I'm going to say it works. I'm going to say that New York Knicks basketball is, is going to be back and that Obi Toppin is going to be one of the pillars for that. And, and it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly possible, right? I mean, it, we're yeah, not saying definitely. anything that's crazy right here. But, I, you know, I had, had to highlight both sides. Like, the way that I look at it right now, and, and the reason why the pick of Obi going to the Knicks does come with the shrugging of the shoulders is that, of the teams that could have drafted him, I believe that him not working out in the NBA has the highest probability on the Knicks. 
And that is me speaking as objectively as I possibly can while still being happy for Obi. When I looked at the first 10 picks and the teams that he can go to, I really did feel like the Knicks were probably, you know, the best chance that he would have. It's a weird way of wording it, but it had, they had the highest probability of not working out the OB in the NBA. And that's, that's where I, I felt. And so, you know, for me looking at the draft, it wasn't being angry fan. It wasn't me looking at this and, you know, spreading negativity around. I just simply wanted Obi to go to the best possible place for him to succeed. And frankly, I don't feel like that's the Knicks. That is my personal opinion as a guy that is um, a very average NBA watcher. And that's why I wanted Drew to outline the reasons why it could work out because it is entirely possible. We laugh at this conversation in four years, the Knicks draft other good young pieces to complement the young pieces that they have right now. And, and they do it right because they blew up the front office to try and do it right. They failed so many times before. And, you know, maybe the future is a little bit brighter in New York now that they got a guy that can cram it into the earth. And here's and here's what I'll say to that notion is that it only it took it only took Golden, the Golden State Warriors to draft two players for them to all of a sudden become legitimate. And that was Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And I'm not comparing Obi Toppin to those two players because that would be extremely unfair. But, yeah, he's you know, Patrick Ewing. Yeah, right. And but that's the thing, like next year, you know, like I said, the Knicks are not going to be very good next year, probably. But no, they, they were just we didn't we didn't get into this, but they were 17 and 65 uh, two years ago. And last year they were 21 and 45. So in the last two seasons, they've won 38 games. Right. And they've been extremely young and they've whiffed on some free agencies. But and that's and that's another thing, man, like it's still New York. It's still the Knicks. Like there could be someone out there like if those front office guys can get into the ear of some of these young players, these young, talented players like, hey, look what we're building here in New York. Why don't you come? you know, save like be the hero that New York basketball needs. And, you know, it could happen. Will it happen? You know, probably not. But we also have the Hollywood script factor of Obi being the hometown kid. And if the Knicks are good again with him as a cornerstone of the team, that's like, that's movie stuff. Yeah. And that was another reason why it was, you know, it was so hard to feel anything, but just overwhelming joy last night, because I know how happy I feel when Pittsburgh guys get drafted by the Steelers or like when Neil Walker got drafted by the pirates and he played on opening day, you know, I, I, I love that kind of stuff. I really do. I'm always here for those stories. Um, unfortunately they always tend to, yeah, well, they, they, they have a tendency of going the wrong way because as we all know, sports is a business. And at some point you have to cut ties with your home run or your hometown guy because it makes financial sense or whatever. But I'm all for those storylines, Drew. Um, I think people in general, fans in general, get a little too riled up about them, which is why those contract negotiations don't typically end well. Because if you let a hometown guy go too early, you know, curse on you. And then if you sign a hometown guy for way too much money because he's your guy, like, let's say, Ryan Howard with the Phillies. Remember that? Yep. Um, you know, even Vada with the Reds kind of these days, right? He's just he's sucking up money on their payroll. Yeah, he's. Votto. It's a bad example, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad example, but you you understand what I'm saying. When, yes, I when you have a guy who's your guy, you know, Joey Votto's not a hometown guy, but I would say Ryan Howard was probably a better example of like just a, a yep. person who the team loved. It wasn't necessarily like from there and then they paid him too much, but those things tend to not work out so well. And I think that's a hesitancy. Um, and I, I, I just, 
I had all these things prepared. You know, I was going to say, oh, man, F Knicks, and I don't want him to go there. And and like I said, to start the show, it all just kind of evaporated when you saw that this is who he wanted to play for. You know, he wanted to stay in New yeah. York, play for the Knicks, be on the big stage. Um, and it's just impossible not to be happy for Obi. Um, and going back to your previous point, the recent history of the Knicks has been absolutely deplorable. Um, they last made the playoffs, like I had mentioned in 2013 when Carmelo Anthony was still there. And since that time, not only have they not made the playoffs, they haven't gone over 500 or even really been particularly close. The closest they've come is 2016 when they were 18 games under, um, and they fired, uh, Derek Fisher as their coach. So recent history hasn't been kind to the Knicks. So if you hear people being like, Oh man, why do you have to go to the Knicks? I'm just educating you on why they would feel that way. Okay. All right. Listeners, relax. We're playing both sides. Drew, you can put a bow tie on this. It's, you know, and again, just, in, you know, like uh, the big sentiment of last year's podcast was just enjoy it. Like, just enjoy it. Just enjoy watching our guy play in the NBA, man. It's not something that we, we've had the chance to watch. You know, I certainly haven't in my lifetime. I've seen a couple flyers, you know, have a cup of coffee in the NBA, but this is a, a legitimate four-year contracts, millions of dollars, like going to be heavily featured every single night, the next step on the floor. Uh, so just enjoy it. Uh, uh, I hope the next time I can safely go to the ghetto and have some fun on a Saturday afternoon, I hope I see a lot of Obi Toppin Knicks jerseys running around. There certainly will be. That's the, the, the silver lining in all this, is that as soon as there is an Obi Toppin jersey to buy, I'll be all over it like white on rice. You already know that. Um, In the meantime, if you can't wait, uh, we and our us, you know, talking out loud podcast, blackburnreview.com and breaking tees, our t-shirt partner, our exclusive t-shirt partner. They have come up with t-shirts last night that say ain't no stopping in the font and logo of the New York Knicks. So if you would like one of those t-shirts, you can go to my Twitter at Sully, my good name. I retweeted it. Or you can go to breakingtea.com. I don't get paid that way. So I, I would prefer if you use the link that I sent out. Um, <laughs> you can go to breakingtea.com and search Ain't No Stopping to get one of those t-shirts. Um, so shameless plug. You know, everybody's got to make money. Let's, That's let's right. Keep the, it's a let's business keep the, here. Yeah, let's keep the wheels greased around here. That's all I ask. Well, somehow. God, that was a lot to take in. Um, man, I, I'm parched. Need a beverage. Drew, what have you been sipping on to stay hydrated today? Some high quality H2O, man. Oh, just going back to, uh, yeah, to the old, old reliable. Yeah, old reliable. Well, men and women, since Drew is uh, very unfascinating with his beverage choice today, this is a good reminder that in a given day, three point seven liters for men, two point seven liters for women. Drink your water out there. I today am sipping on a lime Lacroix. Uh, in my house, we've been drinking on blackberry bubblies for <laughs> like probably four or five months, and I said, "All right." I had enough blackberry bubblies. We need to switch the flavor. So I got a, I got a lime LaCroix. And I'm a big LaCroix guy because I drink water a lot all day, every day. And sometimes I just need to mix it up, especially for the podcast. So that's our beverage segment for this evening. Our beverage segment is brought to you by George at Mobile Inspections. If you think that you need an automotive expert that you can trust. George at Mobile Use Car Inspections is your man. 
ASE certified technician who specializes in pre-purchase inspections when you are buying a used vehicle and performs certified and IRS qualified automotive appraisals for all insurance and legal purposes. Purposes. So if you have any automotive questions, call George. He's happy to provide free advice to all Flyer fans anytime. He's been doing this for a very long time and he would love your business. Email him info at mobileinspections.com or simply call 937-671-0768. I'll do it one more time. 937-671-0768. Coming up here, uh, or I guess moving right along in the Talking Out Loud Hour, delighted for you to be with us. Lee's Chicken always is a big sponsor of our show, and we always need to take some time. George is great. Lee's Chicken uh, has been a big uh, booster of this program. And without them, we would be nowhere. So thank you, Lee's Chicken. Shout out to Lee's Chicken. All right, Drew, you told me you're going to hit me with some good trivia tonight. We're right in the middle of segments. We're cruising along. Let's do it. Hit me with trivia. Trivia question for the evening. Obviously, the topic is going to be flyers in the NBA draft. Oh, top and selected by the New York Knicks last night. Sully, my question for you is how many other Dayton players have been selected by the New York Knicks. How many other Dayton players have been selected by the Knicks? Okay. So not including Obi Toppin. Yeah, but there's a high probability that we had a handful back in the day because like the Knicks were one of the first teams and there was like eight teams, if I recall, pre like 1965, right? Yep. Okay. So you told me before we went on that we've had like 50 guys be drafted, which I thought was bonkers. I couldn't even believe that number. I was about to say 12 or 15. What was the number? How many guys have had drafted? 41. 41. 41. Good Lord, 41 guys. Okay, uh, I'm going to go six. I've gone to the Knicks. Bang! Let's go. Six Six other Flyers have gone to the New York Knicks. Obi Toppin makes seven. All right, right on off, man. Let's hear it. This is a Dayton Flyers podcast. If you're not here to hear 50s and 60s Dayton trivia, then get off the show. We'll start with Obi Toppin. Then we had Mike Kineski in 1982. Irving Giddings. Slam Dunk. 1978. That's Irv Slam Dunk Giddings to you. Don May. Bobby Hooper. Don Lane. Well, there you go. What do you know? And, uh... You know, one of those guys was on the uh, 1967 National Championship team. So it's all coming full circle. This is why you listen to us, all right? It's intelligent conversation for your life. Keep that in mind, Flyers fans. Finishing up on the Talking Out Loud hour brought to you by Lee's Chicken. Yeah, we got some bullet points to talk about, Drew. There, you know, the season is is upon us. Um, it's it's coming, you know, whether we like it or not. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. Um, and, and here's basically how I see the college basketball season breaking down. And stop me if, it, if I'm dead wrong on anything here. But I see the college basketball season moving forward just like football did. And here's what I mean. College football has had its issues. They've had a lot of game cancellations. I believe they're trending at like 10 or 15% of games each week. Um, it seems like a lot of games, but there's a lot of games that need played. And college basketball is going to be very similar from what I can tell. The real hiccup is the provision that a lot of conferences are putting in and a lot of state governments right now that if you travel out of state, you need a 14 day quarantine. I said last week on the show, I don't really understand the functional purpose of that. If you're testing athletes every other day and they have access to the best possible medical care, 
but I'm not going to go down that road today. The rules are the rules. You know, I, I've stated that I think they're ridiculous, but it's okay. Those are the rules. We're, we're abiding by them as law-abiding citizens. So I see the college basketball season playing out in a very similar fashion. There's going to be people whining about games canceled. There's going to be games that move forward. And they're just going to kind of figure it out as it goes along. You're going to hear a lot of coaches clamoring that the season be stopped. And those coaches will often be in a position where their teams have to suffer from these quarantine rules. So uh, I wanted to start the last part of our show tonight to say, if you really do think that the college basketball season is in jeopardy, I promise you that it will happen one way or another. And just this last week, the NCAA announced that they were going to go to a single site for the NCAA tournament being in Indianapolis. And they are going to use a lot of gyms, I think seven or eight, venues around the Indianapolis area as far as Purdue and Bloomington, which are both about an hour, hour plus away from Indianapolis. And they're going to make it work. And this told me that the NCAA, number one, is committed to having a tournament. Number two, it told me they were finally having some foresight to do whatever it takes to protect their revenue and the product that they're putting on the floor. And that is something that we have yet to see from the NCAA. They've had a knee-jerk approach, They've had a last-minute approach to problem-solving, and it's landed them in situations like the Big Ten pulling out for a month from college football. It's landed them in situations like the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, starting even later than the Big Ten. So I wanted to applaud the NCA right here today on Talking Out Loud because they have finally put some foresight into their decision-making and said this is the best chance we have at succeeding And this is the best chance we have of actually bringing in real revenue for the NCAA tournament in March, regardless of where the pandemic lands us by then. Um, How this is affecting the Dayton Flyers and you specifically, it's going to come down to our schedule. And really where we sit on the schedule right now, Drew, is we don't know a whole lot more than when the last time we came to you. The Flyers do have a game December 1st at home against Bellarmine. I talked about it last week on uh, Kinner's radio show that I do on Thursdays, right before this show airs. And he said, Beller means the best we can do. And I think we talked about this, Drew, but beggars cannot be choosers this oh, no, year. Not at this point, yeah. Bellarmine wants to come play, bring him on in, man. I'll, let's go. If there's someone that wants to come to UD Arena, just bring him in. Yeah. Give, give him their whooping, put a W on the schedule. And I thought to bring this up today for the show because big 10 schedules are now rolling out day by day. And one that came across my desk today was Iowa. And they've decided to go with four non-con games before they jump into the big 10. Well, if you look down the date and schedule right now, they have one by game with Bellarmine who just jumped to D one in July. If you've never heard of them, they're in Louisville. They're just a small D two school that finally made the jump for hoops. They have the SMU game, which is set to be played on December 5th. We're pretty sure that game is going to be played at UD arena. Then there's the Atlanta game against Mississippi State. And then there's the Old Miss game back at UD Arena on December 19th. Those are all Saturdays, 5, 12, and 19 as I rattled them off. So if Iowa can go to four games and get into Big Ten play, Drew, it is possible that UD throws up their hands and says, this is the four games that we're going with. I don't. I think that they want more opportunities to play. After they backed out of South Dakota, they don't have a lot of opportunities to play. But if bigger programs are going to four games... The Flyers, frankly, have all the games that they need. If you even go 3-1 and one against that slate, lose one to any one of the three teams that I mentioned after Bellarmine, 
that's that's really all the Flyers need. Then you take care of your business in the A10 conference, and you're probably going to get a bid. Yep. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree 100. percent And it's looking. I'm sure Dayton's trying to get probably one, at least one more game in there. I think they'd probably want to get it to five. Yeah. Uh, like you know, in an ideal situation, but you know, if they can't, yeah, they'll probably just say, "Well, we did all we could do. Here, here we go." And then you just got to take care of business in the league. So. Yeah, it's probably what it's going to be, and you know, obviously, it's not what we want. We want as many opportunities to watch Dayton as we can because not only is it just fun to watch, but it gives us you know more to talk about. But I think it's logical. It, it right is now. what it is, and it, the thing about the season, man, is it's going to be in flux. Like things are going to change, and we don't know what's going to happen. And especially in this year where nobody knows what's going to happen, it's going to be interesting to see how how it all works out and if uh, we can pull it off. Just don't be a dolt and say dumb crap about the schedule this year, listeners. Just yeah, exactly. don't do it. Yeah. Put, right. the, put the schedule complaining on hold for one year. One year. Pe- you can people, complain about the next season when there's a full season, but this is not the year to com- complain and bitch about the schedule. And, and I know it's going to happen, and if you are out there complaining about the schedule, you're an idiot. You're, you're just an idiot, okay? Like, there is so many extenuating circumstances right now that athletic departments have to deal with. I don't want to hear this crap that they're not trying hard enough or that – you know, and it only happens on Twitter because it's a cesspool for negativity. I get that. But if you're out there right now listening to this show thinking Dayton can do better than this schedule, just shove it. Absolutely shove it. Okay. Dayton is doing the best they can. I promise you this. Okay. I, I would swear on a stack of Bibles that the Dayton Athletic Department is doing everything that they possibly can to give the Flyers as many opportunities as they possibly ha- can to make the tournament. I, I guarantee you that absolutely. is happening. And, and there is absolutely no doubt in my mind. I don't have to be sitting on conference calls inside the walls of the university of Dayton to have that information. Okay. They're doing everything they can to give the flyers quality opportunities so that when we do get to selection Sunday for that one site tournament in Indianapolis, you hear our name called um, the team certainly has all the pieces. And, you know, I, I just, I would ask listeners, to put trust into the athletic department just this once next year, you can go back to bitching at them like you love to do. You all love to do it. But right now, if you're complaining about the schedule, you're a flat out dolt. Okay. Drew, uh, we did add a person to the troops. Why don't you key the listeners in? Let's finish the show with some good news. We added somebody to the roster, uh, last this past week. Yes, we did. We added a three-star, six-foot-ten recruit from Finland named Mustafa Amsel. Incredibly strong name, by the way. Incredibly. Dayton's starting to get a string of really, really strong names on the roster, and that uh, that can only mean good things. Uh, I as I said, six-foot-ten from Finland. He's a three-star recruit. Uh, he's been gaining a lot of traction recently. Uh, our old uh, our old compatriot uh, Archie Miller offered him a scholarship, so we got him from him. So. Check that one off. Uh, let's see. A couple other schools, Maryland, SMU, Pittsburgh, Illinois. Uh, he had 11 offers in uh, in 12 days. He had 11 offers in 12 days. So his Holy stock God. has been on the rise. Uh, he will be eligible uh, in January. Uh, we have one final scholarship spot, and he will be eligible for that spot. So uh, you'll see him on the roster at some point this season. And – you know, just another tall, lanky body. Uh, seems like a good shooter. I haven't watched him. You know, I haven't really done a deep dive into watching him yet. But from the little bit I've seen, seems like he could be a pretty effective player in the Atlantic 10. 
why don't you come prepared? You didn't watch film prior to this podcast? I, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of had a lot of things going on, man. I was pouring over draft tape. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you know what I really love about this kid—that he's super goofy looking. He and I don't say that. I, and I don't say that as a negative. I don't say that as a negative. What I mean by that is, I love when we get goofy looking dudes in the program that can absolutely ball out. Because there is nothing funnier in everyday life than like when you go to the park. Okay, let's say you're playing some pickup hoops and you pick some goofy, lanky, six foot six dude last. This kid's six foot ten, but you're not going to find a six foot ten guy in the park. Okay, so there's some goofy six foot six guy. He, he looks he looks like a nerd. You pick him last and then he chews everybody up and gets buckets. Nothing but buckets. There's nothing funnier in the whole world. So that's what I want. I want the Dayton program to have a bunch of goofy looking dudes so that we can go into arenas and be like, these guys stink. Look at them. They look like scrubs, look like nerds, and then just wipe the floor. I mean, we don't have that now. You know, Jalen's got a lot of swagger about him. Right. Obi obviously did too. But <laughs> but it's funny you say that because uh, a, a listener of the show, I know he listens to the show, uh, his name's Zach. He, when growing up, he's like one of the best ba- high school basketball players I've ever seen play. And growing up, he wore rec specs like in fifth and sixth grade. So he just looked really goofy in his rec specs, but he would just go out there and torture people on the court. So yeah. from a very, and I'm, you have to understand, I'm looking at this because he's my brother's age. So I'm like six when I'm watching him play in like fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, anytime I came onto a basketball court and I saw someone wearing rec specs, I'm like, oh man, like this kid could be the truth. Like we can't just look at the rec specs and think he's, he's going to stink. Like he could be the truth, man. So uh, I'm kind of with you there. There's nothing funnier than when like a goofy looking person, whether it be like the lankiness of Mustafa or the, the rec specs of Zach Schmitz, um, you know, it's just funny to watch them ball out. So shout out to Zach. I know he's listening. Well, Drew, it goes back to the Uber driver example that I used on last week's podcast, where depending on where you are with your skill set or your life, those things can break one way or the other for you. Like if you're a super goofy looking dude and you and you stink at basketball, you're just a super goofy looking dude and you have rec specs on. Like, ah, that's the nerd with rec specs. But if you're the nerd with rec specs that balls out on people, they're like, oh, that's yeah. the dude with the rec specs, man. Like, guy can get buckets you know it's the same quality but it can it can cut one way or the other for you so you're talking about the same thing my man like that's what i'm saying now that we've had a team of swagger let's get a team of goofy looking nerds and win the a10 with them that way we're evening things (laughs) out okay Uh, i think a mix of both is is the right the right touch of formula you know you got to have a couple of the guys that have the swagger of the jalen and the obis but you still need the goofy looking ones Drew, we're going to wrap things up. While you ponder your final thoughts, I'm going to rattle off a couple more bullet points that are going to be relevant to you and sticking around all the way to the end of the show tonight. Um, I wanted to let the listeners know that I have reached out to many people and the timing just unfortunately did not work out this week uh, to get somebody on the show. And that was mainly because we wanted to come to you with a... um, a show that was relevant to the draft and we usually record i like to have the show you know by thursday morning uh in in production so that we can push it out to everybody get it on the radio so this week because those windows were so tight weren't able to get a guest and i apologize but we have lined up eventually here chris wright's gonna come on uh the mayor of dayton nan whaley has agreed to come on the podcast in the very near future Mark Titus has told me from Fox Sports that he is going to come on in the near future. Don't know when that is. And I have been reaching out to Scott Van Pelt. We'll see. He probably, you know, when the season's when the season's going again, I think we're going to get him on. But I just wanted all my listeners to know that 
the season's not here yet, you know? So we're doing a lot of this speculation. It's going to be here soon. And then, you know, we'll, we'll start to be churning out guests week, week by week. In the meantime, we do love that you stick around with us all the way to the end of the hour and delighted that you could spend this hour just talking Dayton hoops with us. Last couple of bullet points. We mentioned that Mustafa Amzil uh, from Finland, they picked him up out of Washington, PA, which is right down the street from my hometown, from a Christian school I have never heard of. Neither here nor there. What is here and there is that it has elevated the Dayton Flyers recruiting class to the 15th ranked recruiting class in the entire land. Amzil will be on campus by January and he is immediately eligible. So he can help the Flyers in this upcoming season if they needed some, let's say they needed some depth. They get a guy that's injured. It's happened before. So he's that guy. Last thing I'll mention that came across the desk while recording is that Jalen Crutcher has been named to the Naismith watch list for a potential player of the year. These kind of accolades are getting thrown out left and right as the season starts. Doesn't mean all that much other than he's getting a lot of respect around the community of college basketball, and there will be a lot of eyes on him to lead the Flyers to success in this upcoming year. Additionally, while we were recording, literally Thursday morning, me and Drew are sitting here going back and forth. We're telling you all about the Knicks. We're giving you the lowdown on all this. <laughs> we told you about Taj Gibson and Bobby Portis. Well, the Knicks are going into full rebuilding mode. While we were recording, the Knicks declined their team option on Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson, two of uh, their veterans, as well as Alfred Payton, which frees up a ton of cap room. They're going into full rebuilding mode, and again, just wanted to keep you updated, keep you accurate before we let you out of here for tonight. Drew, that's the show for tonight. You got final thoughts. What are they, brother? Final thoughts? Not much. Go Knicks. Go Go Knicks. Knicks. Dayton Flyers fans are now squarely jumping on the Knicks bandwagon in unforeseen numbers. Um, And and certainly, I did not expect uh, to be a faux Knicks fan uh, yesterday. But here we are. This is our life now. Deal with it. Hey, they drafted Obi. They also drafted us. Yep. And I do. I will say this as we close out the show tonight, that it is going to be fantastic to see Dayton jerseys in Madison Square Garden for the foreseeable future. I, I'm, yeah. just going to, I'm, going, I'm just going to love that. Heck yeah. So for Drew, I'm Sully. Again, appreciate you sticking around, talking out loud the whole hour, brought to you by Lee's Chicken. Drew, you know when we take the people out, you got to let them know there are two rules. What are they? Wear red, be loud. Here it comes. I think I'm going to do it. Ready? One, two, three, four. Right.
looks like heaven. Maybe this is hell. She said she'd do it all again. She promised not to tell. And if I get drunk, but I pass out on the floor now, baby. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.